I wanted to talk to you about how to pray for a missionary, but as we read some of these, I want you to think of how can this apply to me? Remember, we always want to, even when you read Scripture, how can I learn from this? What can help me to be a better Christian? And believe it or not, there may be some of you sitting here right now, and you're thinking, I believe the Lord might want me to be a missionary. I just might want to be a missionary. Well, I got news for you. You are a missionary, even if you didn't know it. You're either a missionary or a mess. You're either going to the mission field or you should be part of the mission field. If you're not reaching somebody, somebody needs to be reaching you. We used to have a sign on the back door back there as you walked out, entering the mission field. Wouldn't it be a good sign to have it back there over the door? You're now entering the mission field. So um, every one of us needs to understand the importance of being a missionary. Now take your Bible and turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew and chapter 28. These are scriptures that you and I have read many, many times. We know them well. But I wanted to just show you three things from these verses. One is our right, one is our responsibility, and one is our reason. You see there in verse 18, in Matthew chapter 28, page 1044, in an old Schofield reference Bible, it says in verse 18, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You realize that if it's all been given him, he has it all. He is the authority. That's where you and I receive the right to do what we do because he is the source of authority. And all other power is under his power. When it talks about, you know, obey the powers that are over you, that means also government are supposed to obey God. Everybody's supposed to obey God. He made the world. He made people. He's the one that has the right to set the laws. And so some of them he's written in our hearts and some were written on stone. And we have now the word of God written. In verse 19, where it says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Now why should I go? Because of the authority. The authority of who he is and what he says to do. He's in charge. He has the right, the power, the authority to tell us what to do. So he makes a statement here in verse 19, Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Not some of them, all nations. And then he makes a statement in the book of Mark 16, talk about preach the gospel to every creature. So it's the will of God that we preach the gospel to every person and every nation on the earth. And who gave us the right to do that? God. There is no power greater than that. So he is the authority. Now you may have to suffer consequences seeking to get that done. There might be people in places that says, no, you can't do that. But we still have a responsibility, and we got to find a way to get it done and stay alive if possible. Now, in verse 20, because you see, that's our responsibility. Go and baptize. When it says baptizing them, this is something that we do. Uh, then this would always be water. If it's not what we do, then chances are it refers to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But here it makes a statement in verse 20 teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. 
And then when he says, and lo, I am with you always, the reason that I should go and the reason that I should do such a dynamic thing, such a challenging thing, the greatest thing in all the world is because the reason, look who's with me. And he says, I'll never leave you and never forsake you. So I know that over the years, I've seen a lot of missionaries go to the fields and I've seen a lot of them come back home. And many times because people at home don't keep supporting them and then they have to give up and come home because they have responsibilities and most of them cannot work on the foreign fields. Now, what I want you to do is just to take a look at the page that I gave to you. How to pray for a missionary from A to Z. Now, as you go down through here, don't you dare try to apply any of this to yourself. Okay? Don't even look at this with the idea that, you know, you know that might be good for me too. You know, always think it's, it's somebody else. It's always somebody else. But number one there, as you go down A, B, C, D, all the way down through, there's a nice little word that kind of helps us to apply to a missionary. But remember, in reality, you are a missionary. It's just what kind. Are you full-time, just part-time, on the job? Do you know a woman that just stays at home and does her work? She's a missionary because of the way she does her work. And she's on a mission, even if it's helping her husband accomplish what he does. Even if she just talks to the neighbors and wherever she is, and what kind of a testimony she has when she goes to shop and all the things that she does. Everybody is a testimony of what the Lord has done for them. So keep that in mind. Anointing. Pray that the missionary will labor under the power of the Holy Spirit. Because if it's his work, we want his power. We want to do what God wants us to do with our life. Isn't that a wonderful statement? I think it's a great statement. You know, the Bible even talks about the Apostle Paul. He made this statement, pray that I may open my mouth with boldness. See that number two? Pray that the missionary will speak the word of God with boldness. Uh, we have missionaries that are on the foreign fields. They're all over the world. And they need to be bold. But sometimes we get intimidated. Don't you get intimidated? Don't you get a little afraid, a little scared? Even to hand out a track. I talked and challenged this one guy to pass out tracks, and so he would always put tracks in the bathroom behind the mirror. If you ever tear that building down, somebody's going to find the track. But at least he was doing something. And I, you'd be surprised. I've gone into restaurants around here, and I go into the restroom, and lo and behold, there's one of our tracks laying there on the sink and in other places. Somebody's been here. Kilroy was here. No, a missionary been here. Chances are, uh, when you see these little tracks that we have, somebody from Calvary Community Church has, has been there. And because, see, y'all are sowing seeds all over. Everybody's sowing seeds. Somebody even asked me about these Christmas cards. You know, last year, Gary made up a little Christmas card. But it was another way just to get the gospel out. And then he did it one on the, on the people dying. <laughs> it's another way. Always trying to find a way to get it done. But to pray that God will help them to be bold. To know what you're doing, who you are, the message you have, and to trust the gospel. Trust the gospel that when you give it, it will, it will do something to people. Believing in that message, it's a powerful thing. The next statement, pray that the missionary will find comfort when discouraged. There's no place like the foreign mission fields to get discouraged. Because you're away from home. And uh, you, you don't have relatives there with you. You don't have mama or grandma there. 
And sometimes when they have children, it's a very difficult thing. I just finished talking yesterday to um, Irene. Irene is the mama of Paula that's down in Brazil. And, of course, they're trying to get ready because they want to go down there and see the kids and to see the, uh, the grandkids. And so there's always something that comes up, and there's always problems, and there's somebody that may pass away, and it might throw a cog in the wheel. But, you know, when you don't get to see your grandkids for a while, ooh, that hurts. And I, I know. I used to see them every other day or a week. Now it's, uh, you know, six months. That's too long. But when you're on the mission field, you get very down. You get very discouraged. And if you think, and things are moving so slow and people are not responding, what it can do to you. So anyway, whenever you're praying and you say, I don't know what to pray for the missionary. Bless our missionaries. I know that that's good. But be a little bit more specific and say, Lord, maybe they, they're just discouraged. And I pray that they can be comforted because if somebody will go and visit with them or send them something special in the mail or write them a nice letter of encouragement. And a lot of times we're just out of sight, out of mind. And so people don't think about those things. The next statement, pray that the missionary will sense God's specific directions in his ministry. Because you're always seeking to find out what is it that God wants me to do. The right direction. You see, a lot of us are willing to go where God wants us to go. We just don't know where it is sometimes or how to get it done. Now, as I'm reading some of these things and maybe a little comment here and there, there isn't anything in here that you can gain some knowledge for yourself, is there? I mean, you wouldn't ask the Lord to do that for you too, would it? I mean, when you stop and think about the people in the church here, do you think it's a possibility? Uh, lo and behold, they, they might be a little discouraged. Or you might need some direction or somebody else needs some direction. And you say, I, just, I need to pray for this person, this person. So it's not just for the missionary on the foreign field. It's also for every person who's trusted Christ as Savior who needs some direction in their life. Do you know the reason we try to have ranch or camps and things like that? Trying to help teenagers have some direction. Because, see, they're fixing to make some of the most important decisions of their life. Because when they're young, they have so many desires. And desires are coming and going. And they get just... Sometimes they can't make up their mind. And they're going to be choosing a guy that they're going to be hooked up with for the rest of their life? Think of how critical that is. Or the education that they receive, or the purpose of their life. Do kids need help? And that's why us older adults are supposed to try to give them some directions. And the way you give sometimes directions is the direction you're going. How are you doing with the Lord leading you? Do you believe that you're doing what God wants you to do with your life? Very, very important. Look at the next statement. Pray that the missionary will send someone to encourage the missionary. That's why even among you, you may not think it's that important, but just sometimes by the sweet, casual word that you say to somebody can so encourage them. You know one of the encouraging things I think of our church here? is that we do have a time, and it, sometimes you have to watch it doesn't just become, you know, this is what I'm supposed to do when we have greet one another. Hear those famous words, greet one another? And what do you usually do? Huh? Stand right there. Don't move. Or you can get out of your seat and go meet somebody. Who says, well, I've already met everybody. Do it again. It breaks the monotony of your own self-centeredness. you got to think about somebody else. 
and you shake somebody's hand, do you realize that I've had some people tell me, says, I can't believe it. I walked into that church and 15 people shook my hand because of what we do. They like a warm, friendly church where you smile. Now, do you think, hello, I'm glad to have you. We're just thrilled. We're so excited. Or can you, you know, put a little spring in your step and walk up to somebody and say, Hello, my name is, and what is your name? Glad to have you here. Have you been here many times? Oh, about five years. <laughs> on Sunday night, I had a guy, and I talked him into coming on Sunday morning. He always come on Sunday night. He came on Sunday morning, and nobody knew him. I said, How long have you been coming? He said, Eight years. But he just come on Sunday night, and somebody else, they come on Sunday morning, so they never, and never the two shall meet. But anyway, look at the next statement. Pray that the missionary will guide their children in the way they ought to go. Did you know that a lot of times people judge you by how your children are doing? And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. But today, it's not just the family that's raising their children. Everybody's having a part raising their kids. Don't you remember what... Uh, Hillary Clinton said that you've got to have, it takes a village to raise a child. <sighs> but today, TV's raising our children, and sometimes humanist educators are raising our children and teaching them things that we don't want them to learn. And so mom and dad, they see them just a little bit in the morning when they ship them off to school. They come home at night, and then everybody's tired, weary, and worn, and they're doing this and that. And, that. and so uh, by the time, you know, what was your name again? Dad, I'm, I'm your son. Oh. And you don't know each other. You never spend time with each other. But anyway, you need to pray for the children's mission, uh, 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 their kids. Because it is such a difficult... See, if, if I was the devil, if I was the devil... No, I'm not. Some people think I am, but I'm not the devil. But if I was the devil, and if I couldn't get the man of God, I'd try to do what I could to get to his wife. Because, you see... He's not going to do too much if I can discourage her. Because, see, she will do everything in her power to discourage him. And whenever I get her, I can get him. But if I can't get her, I'm going to go after the kids. Because, see, it's a system that always works. And so the devil is going to work on children. Goes after those young kids and then try to get those teenagers. Because, see, that is something that the parents really love. And sometimes for the sake of their children... They begin to change or to alter things and their steadfastness with the Lord. And so they, they don't want to offend their kids now. But wouldn't it be great if the, the daddy loves the Lord, the mama loves the Lord, the children love the Lord, and everybody just served the Lord together? Wouldn't that be neat? Well, the devil can't get at that family. That would be the ideal. But in most cases, it's not. And a lot of missionaries struggle on the foreign fields. Their kids don't have others strong kids that know the Lord, love the Lord. A lot of times they, they don't have a youth ranch ministry or they don't have a Christian school, and so they struggle. Always pray concerning that. And always keep it in mind, pray for your own kids too. Look at the next statement. Pray that the missionary will live each day to glorify the Lord. Each day, every day to glorify the Lord. The next one, humility. Develop a sense of humility and reject pride. If there's anything that God hates, it's pride. It's when you begin to develop the ability to see how great and wonderful you really are. 
and you begin to exalt your talent or your boldness, your ability, over your dependence upon the Lord. In spite of everything, you and I should keep it in mind. If it wasn't for the grace of God, we couldn't do anything. If God didn't protect us, we wouldn't even be here. God has been good to us. Make sure that in your life you're giving God the credit for whatever God does through your life. Because, see, God in heaven, he knows how you think and he knows how you feel. And just because a person may talk proudful and so forth doesn't mean he is. Humility is a position of the mind, not a position of the body. You can bow at the, the altar, as some would say, or at home. But God's more interested in do you bow your will to his will. Pride is when you seek your own way. Humility is when you humble yourself and do the will of God. So do you do what God wants you to do. And so if you're humble, you will. So you always want to pray that missionaries and everybody else humbles themselves before God. And not to try to give God directions and leadership. You see, a true servant of the Lord is always yielding to the leadership of the Lord. To do whatever God wants you to do with your life. That's what God wants. Look at the next word, the insight. We'll see people and things from God's perspective. See, there's always these two perspectives, the divine perspective and the human perspective. Where you see things from God's viewpoint and you see things from man's viewpoint. Now, because you and I, we trusted Christ as our Savior, so we have a spiritual part of us that's divine. And we have a human spirit, and so we have a human perspective. So we see sometimes things from different perspectives. So what you have to do as a child of God, try to see everything from a divine perspective. So that regardless of what goes on, and I'm going to cover a little bit about this tonight concerning the will of God, because when something really goes wrong, bad, I mean, you consider it really bad, at that point, at that moment, you still have to ask, what is the will of God for me at this point in my life? When everything seems to be falling apart, am I then still supposed to yield my will? Am I still supposed to seek the will of God? Regardless of what's happening at every moment in my life, I believe it is true, but that's another sermon or another time. I'll look at the next statement. Joy. Pray that the missionary will be full of the joy of the Lord in all situations. Because even though a lot of things go wrong, and you may not walk around all the time with a big smiley face, you can have the joy of the Lord in your heart. Because you know that regardless of your inability, you know about God's ability. And that the one who has all the power and the authority gave me the right to do what I'm doing. He told me to do what I'm doing. And therefore, I will do it and trust the Lord for the outcome. Because I can't see how everything's going to develop down the road. So you learn to walk with the Lord, and God is going to bless you. And doing that is what brings you the personal joy. See, God says, my joy I give. And no man can take it away. And so if he can't take it away, then the only one that can get rid of the joy of the Lord is yourself. 
So you can be as happy in the Lord as you choose to be. Happiness usually comes from happenings. And if it happens according to your likes, then you're happy. And if it doesn't happen according to your desires, then, then you're not happy. So there's a lot of people who are happy and unhappy, happy, unhappy, happy, unhappy. But a Christian, regardless of what's happening, can have joy because he knows I am doing the will of God for my life. And that satisfaction that you have between you and the Lord, no man can give it and no man can take it away. That's what causes the Christian to be stable. So you, when you pray for missionaries, you want to pray that not only do they do that job that they're supposed to do, the work of the Lord, but they can also have the joy of the Lord. Look at the next statement. We'll continue to be filled with the knowledge of God. You see, if your outflow supersedes your intake, then your outflow will be your downfall. If you're always giving and never taking in, you're going to come up dry. You see, you have to have water in the well in order to draw water out of the well. So that's why you, as a child of God, must always be reading and studying the Word of God. Always be talking to the Lord. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So if you don't have the strength in the Christian life to maintain a good Christian walk with the Lord, it's because there's something missing. You're not going to the right well to get the right water, the strength that you need. And if you do, then you will have what you need to sustain you. So as the Bible talks about the knowledge, and he talks about in First Peter, talk about growing in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So God wants us to continually keep learning, keep learning, stay in the book. And you'll be surprised as you get on down the road a few more years that a lot of the things that you might not even thought about, Scripture will come into your mind. It seemed like just the right time. And it says the Holy Spirit shall quicken your mind so that you can know the things that are of God. And the Holy Spirit's main responsibility is to teach you about Christ. He said he doesn't talk about himself. He talks about the Lord. So you study the word so that you can continue to grow in the grace of our Lord. Look at the next word, love. The missionary will be a vessel through which God's love flows. How do you know God loves you? Because, and you always say, well, because of what Christ did on the cross for us. All right. If you didn't know what Christ did on the cross for you, you would not know that God loved you. That's how God proved his love. He sent his son to die to pay for our sins so that we don't have to pay for them. So, how is the world out there going to know that God loves them? Well, that love has to flow from somebody to somebody. You are the channel, the vessel that God wants to use to flow that love through you to another person, to the lost man. And the lost people will never know about the love of God if you don't tell them about the love of God. So it's the love that you and I have for him that's supposed to motivate us to tell him about his love. And that's why I made this statement, for the love of Christ constraineth or motivates us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. 
that they which live should not live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them and rose again. So the purpose of my life is to live for the one who died for me. So it's clear in the word of God. Look there at uh, the word motivation. Sometimes I feel like I'm motivated beyond my ability to perform. I want to do more and more than I've ever done in my life. I feel like with all 50 years experience, I should know more. I should be wise. Shouldn't I be wiser? I would think I'm supposed to be. But when the body doesn't want to go, well, the mind should make up for it. See, before, I had a little wisdom, but boy, the old body was raring to go. I had what you call an, uh, a reckless abandonment to faith. What it boils down to is I did a lot of stupid things. I would just do it and say, the Lord is going to bless. And I didn't, I didn't worry about nothing. So I knew a little bit, and I did a lot, and a lot of mistakes, and, and a few things right. But as you get older, the body can't do it, so you try to make up for the lack of the ability in the body and the wisdom that you have. So now I should make wiser decisions. I should be smarter than I've been. And then you make some decisions. You think, now, what did I do? I was talking to somebody just recently, I said, you know, I uh, thought, you know, wouldn't it be neat just to have a, a motor home and travel around the country and go where you want to go and do whatever you want to do? You know, just to retire and just do that. Stop and think about it. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't it be a nice way to live? And lo and behold, here I am. I told my son, sell my motor home. <laughs> I guess I'm going to stay here for a while. And we're going to try to start a Bible line institute. So we're going to try that. So I guess I'll be here another year anyway. Well, however long it takes to do all this stuff. Because I, I see such great potential here. I saw that when I first came down here, and I still see it. I mean, the, the way y'all respond, and y'all are so teachable, and you just love the Lord, and you're just willing to do whatever has to be done. And uh, you, you can't get that anywhere. So uh, I guess when you find a good fishing hole, you might just keep fishing for a while. Anyway, motivation, motivation, trying to challenge and motivate people to do the things that God wants them to do. No, no, everybody in this room is motivated. Everybody's motivated. You're motivated to do what you want to do. Our problem is trying to get you motivated to do what we want you to do. Haven't you ever tried to have somebody do what you want them to do and you get frustrated when they want to do their own thing? So what you try to do is since you, you know, you always heard uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. But if you put a little salt in his oats, it'll make him thirsty. So you tried to create an environment where people want to serve the Lord. And so you're trying to make him a little thirsty. Do you have a thirst to do something great for God? Can't you see that we're running out of time? Look at the world today. And you, aren't you glad you're not going to have to stay here forever and ever in this old world? But while we're here, let's see how much we can accomplish in a short period of time. And God will bless us and 
but we need to be motived. Our motive. Why do we want to do that? Because of who he is and what he has done and what he commanded. So we have his authority and we have the right to do it. And so we have some results that's going to come one day when God's going to reward us for all that and what we've done for him. Look at the word needs. Pray that the missionary will realize that in Christ all needs will be met. Not all of our wants, all of our needs. What do you really need? You say, I need a million dollars. Oh, come on, really? You really need a million dollars. Well, I need this, I need that. Yeah. All you really need is to be faithful. You say, well, I got cancer. You, all you need is to be faithful. Cancer is not the issue. I need a job. That's really not the issue. All you need to do is be faithful. You boil it all down. Moreover, it is required in the steward that a man be found faithful. You see, when, when the apostle Paul was thrown in a prison, he might say, hey, I need my freedom. No, all he had to do is be faithful. Him getting out was beyond him. Whenever he uh, was going to have his head chopped off, now he could say, you know, I need my head. No, he just need to be faithful. God will decide whether or not he needs his head or not. You see, whenever people join the military, it's the government's job to supply everything they need. Everything. All they got to do is just report for duty. They don't give orders. You and I in this life. Now, when we have certain needs that we call needs, we need to understand that our greatest need might be that we need a need. Because it's the needs that we can't supply sometimes that we go to the Lord and say, Lord, help. I'm in trouble. Help me speedily. I like the way David said that in the Psalms. Help me speedily, like right away, like now. And you'll find out that God will meet your need. And he says, come to the throne of grace that you may find help in time of need. So there are times that we need this or we need that. But what you need in the midst of all of those things, make sure you stay faithful to the Lord, that you do not dishonor God. That regardless of what you're going through, that your testimony is above reproach, that you do right. And God says he will bless you because of that. Let's cover one more of these here. Pray that the missionary will seek opportunities to share the gospel. Called an open door. You see, there's times when God will open doors, and there's times when God will shut doors. And if God opens a door, no man can shut it. And if God closes the door, no man can open it. As a child of God, you and I are to seek the open doors that God opens. But when the door is closed, you and I are not supposed to get sledgehammers and try to break it down. But if God opens up the door, and sometimes you don't see an open door, what do I do? Well, if I had somebody who's going to learn how to clean a house, they might need to start off in a small room. Okay, clean up the closet. Well, what do I do after cleaning? Don't, don't worry about that. You just be faithful and clean the closet. And uh, close the door on them. Now, when you get that clean, then I'll see how you did. And I'll make you let you clean another room. 
And then when you clean that room, I might let you clean another room. And then you clean that room, a bigger room, and a bigger room, and a bigger room. Start by faithfulness in little things. Because God says if you're not faithful in that which is little, you will not be faithful in that which is much. If you can't be faithful with $100, you won't be faithful if you had $5,000. If you can't be faithful with $5,000, you won't be faithful if you had a million dollars. You're faithful if you're faithful. It's part of your character. It's really who you are. So these are some things, and we'll cover the rest of this here another time. But keep your notes, okay? You will keep those, and you'll bring them back, right? I know you will. And uh, be praying for our missionaries, and that God will richly bless them, and, and because we, we pray for them as we should. Take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Just want to mention a couple of things to you. Remember, once you have trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, that means you believe that He died on the cross, paid for your sins, and you are going to trust Him as your only hope of going to heaven. You are saved. You have eternal life. You're God's child. As a child of God, God wants us to keep our lives clean. And so different people are on different levels in their understanding there's different, different stages of maturity. Not everybody's at the same place at the same time. It'd be wonderful if they were, but they're not. And so we need to be patient with those that don't know as much and then expect more from those that do. And so whenever we have to sometimes rebuke somebody, it's because of what we think they are spiritually. Uh, some people don't know, and so you have to you know, be a little bit softer, but then there's other people that are further along in the Lord, and so you might have to be a little bit more stern. The Apostle Paul talks about that. I, I, he said, I wish I could change my attitude in the way it is right now. He says, lest when I come, I have to be sharp with you. He doesn't want to be that way. So you need to be patient with people who are now where you once were. But to love each other, challenge and motivate each other to do the right thing by you doing the right thing. You see, people often follow our examples of what we do more than by what we say. So therefore, we are always being scrutinized. You're watching me, and I'm watching you. And what do you expect from me? Well, what do I expect from you? I expect that I'm going to find fault in you, and you're probably going to find fault in me. Ugh. And so therefore, we love each other in spite of those things, right? And we forgive one another, right? And because of that, God says, uh, forgive one another, even as God has for Christ's sake forgiven us. So we look back to what he did as our example. He is our example. And because of what he did for us, we should be willing to do for others. Now, Christ was willing to die for us. But for us, he asked us to live for him. So I know there's people that probably, oh, we willing to die for the Lord. Well, God didn't maybe ask you to die. He asked you to live for him, to sacrifice yourself and what you want, what you want to be, where you want to go, everything. But you'll do it for him because he means more and more to you than anything else in the whole world. But here in 1 Corinthians in chapter 11, it makes a statement in verse 28, let a man examine himself. He said, well, what is he looking for? Anything that might um, cause 
irritability between you and your Heavenly Father. Anything that causes, you know, your father maybe to look the other way. Uh, some reason that God may not bless you because of something that you're doing or saying or thinking. Uh, you know what it is. You, you know what it is. So you talk to the Lord and confess it. Lord, I'm a sinner. I've trusted you as my Savior and I'm your child, but my thoughts have not been right. My words have not been right or my actions have not been right and tell God about it. And you talk. He says, confess your sins to the Lord. And he is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So that's the will of God for his children. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us, for giving us the free gift of eternal life. And Father, we ask your blessings upon each person here as we think about, yes, the missionaries, but also each other and our own selves about how to apply these things because we are missionaries, and help us to, to do right and to honor you, to examine our lives, and, and Father, to talk to you about those things that may be a hindrance in our walk with you. With your head still bowed and your eyes closed, no one looking around, if, if you have never trusted Christ as your Savior, then, friend, right now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, you can do that. All you have to do is just be honest and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. And I believe Christ died and paid for my sins, and I'm going to trust him as my only hope of going to heaven. Friend, God said if you would trust him, he would save you and give you eternal life. And you that know Christ as your Savior, will not you take just a moment and talk to the Lord? And those things that we talked about this morning, is there anything that you need to talk to the Lord about? You know, maybe he wants you to be a full-time missionary. Maybe he wants you to get some schooling. Maybe he wants you to go to some foreign fields. I, I don't know. I, I'm not God. But I know that God will speak through his word. And I want you to do and to be whatever God wants you to do. Our Father, we thank you now for this time together. Bless us. We remember what you did on the cross for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.